Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWolfOnSports.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Showtime! Welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 371. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and we're about to talk football. Hey, how do you like my new intro? Was it kind of cool? Like, just jump out there and nab you. Never mind. Okay, um, let's carry on. What were we ranting? I was ranting about something just a few minutes ago, and now I can't even remember with it, man. I'm a serious seniors moment. I got to open up the mic to Will and Charles. Guys, what was I ranting about? OCs and head coaches. Yeah, oh, coordinators. Yeah, 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 right. Okay, there's a huge thing going on in BC right now where Devon Claybrooks, who was a master of a uh, defensive coordinator with the Calgary Stampeders, and he is now the head coach in BC, and uh, everybody's saying he should never have hired Rich Stubler. He should have t- done the DC role as well as the head coaching role. And he is probably a better defensive coordinator than Rich Stubler. Okay. Rich was really good 30 years ago. Okay. And I'm not saying I don't like the guy. I'm just saying that maybe it's time to move on from that era. But here's the problem that I've always, always, always said is that when head coaches take on coordinators jobs, it eliminates a coaching position on the team. Now, it might be good under the new salary management system, but it's not good when a team anywhere in the league, or particularly that team, needs a new head coach because there's not enough warm bodies that are able or capable of moving up. Uh, let's, As an example, Dave Dickinson's the def- uh, offensive coordinator in Cal- Calgary. Uh, Jason Moss was the o- offensive coordinator in Edmonton. I don't know if he is or not still. Uh, Chris Jones was the DC in Saskatchewan for a, a couple of years. Uh, it, you know, it just goes on. And uh, Ken Austin was the OC in Hamilton. And, you know, even um, Michael Shea was the special teams coordinator for a while in Winnipeg. I don't know if he's still there or not. So what happens is you've, I've just named off like six positions that are no longer available. Well, they're available, but they're being taken by one person. And I really have an issue with this because then now when we need a new head coach, like Montreal's going to need a new head coach and more than likely Toronto's going to need a new head coach and God knows who else is going to need a new head coach. The pool of available bodies is shrinking because – Okay, let's take the offensive coordinator from Calgary. They're doing great. Uh, Dave Dickinson. Oh, he's the head coach, too. Dave, do you want to come over to Montreal? And he goes, fuck you. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's you need to have these coordinators. Head coaches should not take over a coordinator. I've been saying this since it started happening. Uh, it, and it, it's only been a recent uh, phenomenon. It's only started half a dozen years ago, maybe a dozen, 
tops tops a decade and i i just i don't like it i think it's bad it's bad for the league it's bad for everything and why are why are they afraid to give somebody else a position i i have no problems with dave dickinson hiring somebody as an oc and mentoring him and helping him out and being the assistant offensive coordinator or co-offensive whatever else as long as you put a body in that position to apprentice the the job do something but to be hoarding all the the hats like what did chris jones had like four or five different hats on he was a vice president of football operations um general manager coach defensive coordinator i mean hey wally had three hats on too but that's wally uh, yeah, you know, you just you can't do shit like this. You really got to spread the wealth around and train people and bring them up. Otherwise, you've got nobody to replace you. And and that's a huge thing. Like Huff did a wonderful job bringing Dave Dickinson along and promoting him into that position. Wally Brano did an absolutely terrible job of bringing on uh, Benavides, Mike Benavides. It was absolutely – it was a train wreck of biblical proportions, but he tried. I don't think he was willing to let go, and Huff did. He just said, no, you go do it. In fact, I think the last year that Huff was head coach, I don't think he was head coach at all. I think Dave did everything, and Huff just kind of walked around the sidelines in a daze. I think he was smoking too much pot or something. I don't know because it just looked like Dave Dickinson was doing everything. So uh, – I think no, no, I don't know. I'm just, that's it. That's that's my rant for the day. And I, I, I love the fact that they can do it. I just don't think they should. And Dave, uh, Devon Claybrooks, is too inexperienced as a head coach to take an, on another task. I think that the head coach job right now is a little overwhelming for him, and to have him also do the defensive coordinator's job, I think would be too much. I don't want to see it happen. So don't fire Rich Stubler. Maybe replace him, but don't take on the task yourself. Will, you want to talk. You keep on uh, unmuting your mic. Go ahead, buddy. What do you got to say? Welcome to the show. Nothing. Um, you know what? Devon Claybrook says that he learned so much from Rich Stubler. It's not funny. Oh, I agree. So, I have no doubt. And if, and if you remember, he played for Rich Stubler and he was yeah. also the defensive line coach under Rich Stubler, and then he was the offensive court or defensive coordinator. Now he's the head coach, so I think Rich Stubler helped him a lot. Oh, I agree. I agree, and I'm not saying anything bad with, about Rich, other than the fact that I think that it, the, the game is going too fast for him at this point in time, and he's yeah, probably a really good, a really good teacher. I just don't know if he's a really good doer anymore. Yeah. We shall see. We shall see. We, we shall, shall see. see. I, I think the BC Lions defense came together a lot better against Calgary than they did against Winnipeg in the opening game. So, um, you know, it's a progression. But I mean, if you, if you think about it, think about, okay, Toronto could lose their head coach. Montreal could lose their head coach. Both should. Um, who, who, who would be your candidate for head coach right now? In Toronto, it would be Jim Pop. Yeah. No, no, no. 
who in the league, not on Toronto currently, would be the head coach. I know it wants to be Jim Pop, but we've seen what he's done as head coach. Yeah, he's no fucking and good at somewhere, it. Somewhere out there, Mark Tressman is laughing his ass off. Okay? Oh, yeah. Of course he is. Mm-hmm. So are a lot issues. of us. They had, the they, had issues. they had issues with him last year because he didn't think James Franklin was a very good quarterback. And... He hasn't proven otherwise. So, so I think he was right. I, I think and, he and was he right, too. He didn't want Dev- uh, Deron Carter on his team. Right. So, I'm not saying the guy know, was but, wrong. I mean, so who's the number one coaching candidate to move up right now in the league? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, sure. I, I think the number one guy who hasn't been given a shot yet and there's got to be a reason why would be Noel Thorpe. That would have been my pick, too. I don't I like mean, defensive uh, coordinators to becoming head coaches. I, I was not happy with Devon Claybrooks being the coach. Not because it's, he's Devon, not because he's black, not because of any other stupid reason that everybody keeps barking about. I'm, I don't like defensive coordinators becoming head coaches. I think the head coach should be an offensive-minded person. I mean, it's, we want to play offense. We don't want to play defense in this league. If we want to play defense, we'd watch the NFL. You realize that uh, Mark Killam in Calgary, he also has the assistant head coach moniker on his list right now. He was my number one pick for head coach. Number okay. one. That's who I wanted as a BT okay. Lions head coach was Mark Killam. Over over Devon Claybrooks? Over Devon Claybrooks. When I was asked who BC should have as a head coach, it was Mark Killam. I think the man's brilliant. I'm not saying Devon isn't, but it wasn't to me. It was up to Ed Kirby. He's not what? I'm brilliant. So. He's not brilliant? You don't think so? No, sir. I don't think so. Wow. I don't okay. think so. I'm just, I'm just, you know, let's give him a chance and see what happens. Okay? Yeah. But uh, I think, once again, I think he's one of those guys in a system. Okay? That yeah. looks good. In a system. Now, whether he creates his own system, that's a different story. But, you see, that's why, and I really have an issue, I really have an issue with teams that fire their head coaches, you know, in the first eight games of a season when they've only been there for a year and so on and so forth. I think it takes three years. You've got to give everybody three years to make their impression. So I you mean, believe Toronto shouldn't fire the head coach right now? Well, and I, I, I should qualify that certain head coaches, okay? Toronto's not going to get better. Corey Chamblin already had his chance, okay? I'm talking about guys like, in reality, if you think about it, Mike O'Shea should have been fired in the first three years he was head coach. Hell but yeah. But he wasn't. Yep. No. But he was stuck with them, and, 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 and it may have paid dividends to them. As you can see, it right. finally it looks like it's starting to pay off. 
I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Mike O'Shea's got about two years left. That's it. Okay. And, and I mean, if it, he's, it if he's not successful, I mean, look at the successful franchises. Look at Calgary. I hate to bring up Calgary all the time, but, you know, they've had Dave Dickinson there for four years now or three years. And before that, John Huffnagel. And before that, Matt Dunnigan. Um, he was the guy who should have got fired in his first year, which he did. He um, did. He did. Right. I know he did. And then they had Wally Buono for 150 years. Okay. So. You know, and and they've showed that it makes a difference. You can't do the coaching care. Look at Montreal. Mark Tressman was there for five years, okay? And they were successful. So, well, look at Winnipeg. How many? I right. mean, they had three head coaches. They were right. paying three head coaches at one time. Right. Right. So it doesn't really work. But in reality, let's face it, you can't fire the players. So, no, but you don't have to bring them back. No, that's true. You know. So, okay. And I Welcome go, to the show, Charles. Yeah. Hello. It's been 15 Thank minutes. You very much. You're just getting introed out, in now. Sorry. That's okay. I've been I've been chiming in and giving my two cents, so no big deal. You, you, you have. I wasn't concerned, and I'm sure you weren't. Nope. No, I was not. Okay. So, how are things? Good, bad, things indifferent? Are good. Pretty no, excited about good. this week's a football game? Of course. I got a good shot at winning. I'm not going to be overconfident, which is kind of hard when you see the competition the Lions up against this week. But, hey, they got to change at quarterback, so you never know how that can affect the team. So, this one will be interesting. Well, I'm busy. I don't like the Lions to, to fuck win. up any lead, so... Well, yeah, yeah. I remember uh, Zach Calero. I believe it was Zach Calero's first ever start in the CFL a few years ago when he was with Toronto. And uh, everyone's saying, oh, this is the Lions. They're, this guy's never started before and should be good. He lit him up. And, he lit him yeah, up. Caleros destroyed the Lions. Yeah. So, you know, there's, in the CFL, there is no such thing as a sure thing in any game. No, Unless you're but, playing Montreal. You know, Zach Caleros has mad skills. Most people don't admit it. Uh, they only look at his injury list and everything else. But he, he is a fucking talented quarterback. Okay? Of course he is. And uh, uh, more so than anybody. If he was healthy and able to conduct in his prime, he would be the number one quarterback in the CFL. I have absolutely no doubt about it. He would surpass Mike Riley. Um, but that, that, didn't, that wasn't to be. He didn't complete a single season. He was injured every single year he's played football. So mm-hmm. the cards just aren't with him. So, so be no. it. Time to go sell washing so machines from JCPenney's to old ladies. Do something. Just don't go near the field. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to talk some football tonight. We got four games on the schedule. We got Mark has got his scores sent to me. And uh, I, you know what? I got a big shout out to Phil Miller today. He, he touched base with us and uh, good to hear from you, buddy. Good to see that you're, you're 
able to sit up and take nourishment and uh, uh, still watching some football, buddy. I appreciate the, the, the shout out that you gave us on the, on our group. And uh, I'm just doing it back at you on the podcast. Hope to hear, hope to hear from you soon. Okay. Uh, actually, Phil just texted us. <laughs> I guess he's listening. Okay. Uh, okay. Try not to be overconfident. Well done, Charles. Okay. So let's talk some football here. Montreal, Hamilton Tiger Cats going head to head, home home and home with Montreal Alouettes. They destroyed them last week. Uh, what's going to happen? Is it is this comeback week for Montreal? We know how difficult it is to win two games back to back with the same team, unless of course you're playing Montreal. Uh, Hamilton may just uh, put up another fifty burger. Who knows? Uh, Charles, you're first up in order. What's your uh, score is going to be? Well. I saw what Hamilton did to Montreal last year, uh, or last week. Um, it was a long, depressing game for the Alouettes and their fans. I really don't think this is going to be a whole lot different, although I think it might be a little bit closer. Typically, when teams get thumped like they do, even if they lose the next game, it's typically a closer result. These guys still have uh, somewhat pride and they want to play harder. But Hamilton is a much, much better football team than um, um, Montreal. And that's just fact. It's not It's not trying to be insulting. It's just legitimately, legitimately how it is. Uh, I really um, can't see Montreal being good enough to win this game. Uh, I do think they're going to be closer in this game. But closer only gets to so much. It doesn't get you two points. And Hamilton's just playing way better football, and I just I just don't see much hope right now for Montreal. And until I see something that gives me that hope, uh, I can't pick them to win anything. Uh, they're 0-3, likely going 0-4. They're likely losing comfortably. I don't think it's going to be quite as big as last time but I don't think it's going to be particularly close either. So let's go here. Um, we'll give uh, Hamilton 40 and Montreal 17. 40 to 17. So you're saying yeah. that this is not going to be as close as what uh, last week's was, or it's going to be closer than last week. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. It's going to be closer than last week, but it's still going to be a blowout. Take one point away from Hamilton and you give Montreal another seven. And that's closer, in your opinion. No, because Hamilton was up. It was 41-10. Was it 41-10? It was 41-10. The week before, it was was 64-14 against Toronto. Right, yeah. You know what? I'm getting the scores mixed up. It was a 50-point spread. They're still going to blow them out. They're still going to blow them out. 40-17, I'm sticking with it. Okay, and that's a a, uh, Hamilton win, right? Yes. Okay. Without question. William, 
Yes. Come in and talk. Well. Well. Go else. I don't think. I don't think there's any hope for Montreal. <laughs> and apparently, people do. the the last the last guy who was going to make a bid on buying them has backed out again today. So uh, Montreal's in trouble. I don't know how long the league is going to operate this team, but they'll probably operate it for a while. But um, so you can't get any lower than they already are. So maybe. Maybe the phoenix will rise out of the fire. Okay. I'm oh my pick. god. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna pick. It's I'm more of a pick. budgie. I'm gonna pick Montreal twenty-eight. <laughs> Hamilton, <laughs> Hamilton. Hamilton. Twenty-one. <laughs> If nothing else, well, you've got style. So, the opinion of the do not reflect the rest of the Let's Talk CFL cast. Okay, so on the CFL Weekly Picks, okay, the CFL Weekly Picks, Jamie Nye, Pat Steinberg, Matthew Cause, Marshall Ferguson, and Jim Morris all picked the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Chris O'Leary picked Montreal to win. Now, I want to point out that Chris O'Leary is at 5-6 and six and is the only sportscaster to be under 500 in their picks. The only so he's one. he's just trying to be different. He's yeah, trying to be different, trying what? to gain some ground, but he's, he's going to lose a, it. He's not, a, he's not a follower, okay? He's not a follower. I have no... And, uh, you know, be. Phil, Phil, if you're listening... And I, I know you are, or whatever. You just type in your scores, and I'll mark them down for you, eh? And then you can continue to play for the rest of the year. All you have to do is mail in your scores. Mark did that. He's off camping. He's not on the show tonight. And uh, you just uh... – <laughs> uh, That's a great comment. Good job, <laughs> Phil. <laughs> Phil just posted the thing that says, I think Will has the same drug dealer as Gainer. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's hilarious. Okay. Uh, CJ I know, wait, 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 wait. Hey, Phil, I know you're going through some tough times, buddy. But, um, quote, fuck off. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> All in good spirits here. Marks picked Hamilton to be 13. Pretty close to Charles's score here. I'm going to go the other way, and I think Hamilton is going to get nasty in this game. And I'm going to take them out at 48 to 21. 48 to 21, Hamilton over Montreal. And I think I'm being really generous with the 21 to Montreal. Jesus, when you said you were going the other way, I thought you were going to be crazy and pick Montreal too. No, you guys didn't go high enough. Thirty-seven and okay. forty. I think I think it's got to be higher. And I'm I'm on the opposite end. Will's on one end, and I'm on the other. You two, are, Mark and, and and Charles, are in the middle somewhere. And like I said, Phil, just uh, text in your uh, your scores, and we you can play along. Uh, I know the guys don't like that because you you beat them really badly, but what the hell, eh? Okay, uh, 
newbie luck. Winnipeg Blue Bombers are traveling to the nation's capital to play Wa Red Blacks at Frank Clair Stadium in no TD Place at Frank Clair Stadium in Lansdowne Park in the city of Ottawa. Ooh, you always got to think about that one. Okay, and the Bombers are playing the Red Blacks. Charles, kick us off here. All right. Now, this, I think, is where we're going to see if the Red Blacks are really good or if uh, their first uh, couple of games were just against weaker opponents, and that's why they look so good. Um, So they got the Bombers coming to town. So this is a good early match. Neither Neither one of these teams has lost yet. Charles? So, yes? Are you calling Calgary a weaker opponent? I'm just checking. I'm sorry, it's Ottawa against Winnipeg, is it not? Yeah, but you said yeah. Ottawa was Ottawa's success because they were against weaker opponents. Their first victory was against the Stampeders. True, but the Stampeders aren't the same team. I mean, I should rephrase that. The Stampeders aren't the same team they were last year, uh, but I would not call them a weak opponent. So that's probably that's a fair comment. But even I'm, so, I'm, I'm um, just, 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 yeah. Probably. But thus far, they've been weaker than the Bombers. Let's just put it that way. Um, But um, the Bombers have, I think, the best defense in the league. Um, They're a very tough defense. They're a defense that's hard to play against. But um, they're certainly beatable. Uh, One advantage for Ottawa potentially is that Adam Big Hill may not play uh, this week. I don't know. Uh, they, they said he was questionable, so I'm not sure if he's going to play this week. Um, but even without Adam Big Hill, that's still a very good defense. Um, offensively, I think they got to get – they need an all-around performance from – well, they need Matt Nichols to perform, and they need uh, Andrew Harris to um, be a big part of the offense. They need to have a balanced offense. If Andrew Harris isn't going, they have trouble winning games because, uh, I'm sorry, Matt Nichols is not the type of quarterback to win games on his own, or at least not on a regular basis. He might be able to pull pull it off once in a blue moon. But uh, I really think that the Bombers um, are still better overall team than... Ottawa, I'm not sold on Ottawa's defense. Uh, Their last game they won with a shootout. They still gave up 41 points uh, to Saskatchewan, to Cody Fajardo, who was starting. Now, Fajardo has played well in two games, but let's look who we lit up. Um, But really, I still think the Bombers are the better team. I think this is going to be close. But I think Ottawa, who I thought was going to finish dead last in the East, and they still might. But they're in for a little bit of a uh, wake-up call. I think Winnipeg's going to win this one on the road. He, I think Winnipeg's going to handle them decently, too, I, because, like I said, I am in nowhere sold on the Ottawa defense after two games. Um, so I think uh, Winnipeg takes this one. I'm going to call this Winnipeg 36 and Ottawa 22. William, 
Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh oh. Wait a minute, Charles. Charles, did you actually just say you're not sure if Ottawa's gonna finish in last place in the East? Have you seen Toronto and Montreal, man? Fair, no, fair Come enough. On. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Fair enough. They're not, Anyways, they're, they're, they're not going to finish last. Who, who am I kidding? I, I think, I think, uh, I think uh, Dominic Davis is going to be out to prove Winnipeg wrong. Okay. He was their backup quarterback last year or third-string quarterback last year. Chris Strebler was number two, and he gets no respect whatsoever. He's played two fairly decent games so far, and he's been impressive. So I don't think Winnipeg's that strong. I really don't think think they are. And I'm going to go... I'm going to go... Winnipeg 24... Ottawa, 36. Stop doing that to me. I want the winning team first. Oh, sorry. Now i got to okay, scribble it out and fix let's, it. Let's try it again then. Ottawa, 36. Winnipeg, 24. Thank you. Is that better? Well, I've already fixed it. It's okay. I'm good with it. Yeah, no, I'm okay with that. I That just saves me from picking them. Because I would have picked Ottawa if nobody else did. Uh, but I'm not. Uh, Mark's scores were Winnipeg 32, Ottawa 24. So it, it's Adam Big Hill that's not playing... Andrew Harris is, is that correct? Say that again. Is Adam Hill is, is suspect, but Andrew Harris is playing. That's my understanding. Well, if they didn't have Andrew Harris, they didn't have any offense because Matt Nichols can't do it. Um I'm not a Matt Nichols fan and I've never hit hidden that. Okay, so I'm going to pick the Bombers here, and I'm going to pick uh, tough call here, tough call. 31-18. That's my my my, my scores. It's a, it's a tough one. I don't think Ottawa's got the juice to do it, but I don't think Winnipeg's as good as everybody thinks they are. And that is my statement on that one. Okay, next game up. Oh, BC Toronto. Tough game. Tough game to pick. BC Lions, 0-3. Toronto Argonauts, 0-2. One of them's going to win. There's no way in hell that BC is as bad as Toronto. Yes, they both lost, but let's face facts. Face facts here, people. BC played the three best teams in the league. Toronto can play anybody and lose. So, no, 
no, no, I'm not going with that one. I'm not trying to compare these two teams at all. BC's going to smoke this one. And Charles, up to you. Pick some numbers. Let's face it. Both uh, teams are winless. But I think even the most biased fan would look at these two teams and say that the BC Lions have been considerably better than the Toronto Argonauts. Yes, they're 0-3, but they could have be they could be 2-1. They could be 3-0, to be honest, because, yes, they lost all three games, but they were in all three games right into the fourth quarter. And, in fact, were unlucky to win last week, should have won last week. Uh, probably should be 1-2, but, you know, they had the breakdown at the end, and so they're 0-3. But let's face it. Two Toronto Argonauts games this year has been basically over by the end of the first quarter. They're starting now. They're starting uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson this week with James Franklin out for six weeks. All you got to know about McLeod Bethel Thompson is that he lost the job to James Franklin in the preseason. So let that set in for a second. But, I mean... He showed some flashes last year of being able to get the job done, of uh, playing well. So you can't completely discount him. But the problem is, the big problem on this team, Toronto team, is not the defense, or not the offense. Their defense is god-awful and has been through two games. Yeah, they tightened up a little bit uh, against Saskatchewan on Monday, especially after that long delay. But how much of that was Saskatchewan taking the foot off the pedal? Because they were basically home and cooled out by the first end of the first half, and they knew this team was not coming back. So hey, um, can I can I interject here just for a second on on that, Charles? Um, sure. You, you said that they they their defense, and you don't know why. Was it because the defense got a rest? It is the defense so bad that because they're on the field for 58 out of 60 minutes in a game? That probably didn't hurt because this defense, uh, before that, before that um, weather stoppage, the defense could not stop Cody Fajardo. And if that's <laughs> the case, you don't have a very good defense. No. Um, uh, I don't want to seem overconfident in this game. But uh, there is not any scenario I look at this game and see the Argonauts winning. And that's not because I'm a Lions fan and I'm, I'm cheering for the Lions. It's because I've seen this um, Toronto team play, and they are simply god-awful. I'm sorry. They're a terrible football team. They don't look like they could beat a college team and may not beat a college team, and I just don't see them winning. Home or not, I just see BC as a much better team. I just, I just feel that way, and I think the Lions are going to win this one. Um, it's not going to be a complete laugher, but it's going to be BC thirty-one and the Argos ten. Okay, William. So, what do you figure Toronto's going to beat BC by? Because I'm not letting you pick BC because they. The Lions always lose when you do. Um, this is a 
free land, my friend, and I can pick whoever the hell I want to pick. Okay. So, um, ah, you know what? If BC loses this week, I'm going to give up on them. Sorry. There's no way they should lose to Toronto. There's no way they should lose to Corey Chamlin. Um, what's his name? The OC in Toronto. Jacques Chapdelaine. Jacques Chapdelaine, yeah. They shouldn't lose to Toronto. Mike Riley has looked better than that. Their running back, their running game was great last week. Toronto didn't look that bad. But I heard rumors that Brian Burnham will not be playing. Is that correct? That's what I heard. As far as you knew, that's what I've heard. So that makes a difference. But I still don't think uh, BC's that bad. Um, for Brian Burnham to make a big difference. Um, I'm going to pick, sorry, I'm going to pick BC, and I'm going to go 36 to 14. Wow. Okay. Mark has picked this game 36 to 20. Okay. So he picked BC. Did he pick he picked, BC? He picked BC 36 to 20. Wow. wow. No one in their right mind's picking Toronto, no matter who they're playing right now. Wow. I still might do that yet. I don't know. I, I'm picking the BC Lions here to win this game. And uh, I think this is Mike Riley's coming out game and as a BC Lions and put him at 42 to 3. I guess the defense is going to get that much better, are they? Toronto has no offense. True that. Right? I mean they've they've only been playing against Hamilton and Saskatchewan. And Phil, Phil picks to them 29-16, BC, 29-16. And uh, just for Stephen out there who is listening, uh, Phil's been texting me his scores. He's got Hamilton 38, uh, Montreal 21, Ottawa 28. Uh, no, sorry, Winnipeg. Oh, no, he picked Ottawa 28, uh, Winnipeg 25, and uh, BC 29. The last game. This one's a little bit harder for me to pick. Uh, you've me got too. you've got in his first start as a Calgary Stampeder by the looks of it against Cody Fajardo in his third start ever for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So yeah, this is a bit of a toss up here in this game and Saskatchewan's defense doesn't look bad. Their offense is uh okay. Awful, and uh, Calgary has not been playing well, in my personal opinion. Um, okay, Charles, who are you picking on this one? <sighs> Whoever thought that Saskatchewan would be playing Calgary with Cody Fajardo at quarterback, and they might have the advantage at quarterback. Um, this is a really interesting one, this one, because... They've got the great equalizer. If Bo Levi Mitchell were playing, I probably wouldn't have an issue of who to pick in this one. 
but this is um, a little bit different here because there's not going to be any Bo Levi Mitchell this week. They're going to be playing um, Nick um, Arbuckle, who looked great, don't get me wrong, who looked great in his relief uh, last week in the win over BC. But the problem is, it's one thing to come off the bench and have success. It's a whole other um, whole other ball game when you're the starter and you're the guy right from the opening kickoff. So Fajardo's had it for the last couple of weeks, but this will be the first time Nick Arbuckle's ever started. So, uh, boy, this is a really tough one to pick. I think it's actually going to be a very close football game. It's going to be in Saskatchewan. Calgary won last week. They're coming off their first win, but boy, were they lucky to get that one. And I don't know if they're going to have the luck. I'm hearing, I heard apparently, now I don't know if this is confirmed or not, that Solomon Aluminium may play this week. Apparently Manny Arsenal is still out, but I did hear one person at least tell me that Solomon Aluminium is going to play, but we'll have to wait and see, but Honestly, how much um, he hasn't been had really any sort of training camp or anything. How much is he really going to be effective if he does play? But uh, this is so tough. But you know what? I'm going to – I hate to do it because I hate picking Saskatchewan, but they're the home team. And for some reason, the Riders always play well at home or almost always play well at home. They've got Fajardo, who at least has a couple starts under his belt, while Arbuckle hasn't started. Uh, I think both of these teams are comparable on defense. Maybe a slight advantage to Saskatchewan, but this is a tough one. But I am going to give the win to Saskatchewan as much as I hate it. But it's going to be a close one, and I'm going to call this one Saskatchewan 24 and Calgary 21. Okay. So just before we get going too far here, Saskatchewan to win 28-17, and Phil has picked them Saskatchewan 30, Calgary 29. That's that victory by a rouge. And he's also saying both defenses score a TD. That's interesting. I could see that. that. I like that prediction. Okay, William. Are you going to pick the Calgary yes. Stampeders? Christopher? Yes, dear. Gainer, Gainer the Gopher could be playing quarterback for Calgary, and I would still pick Calgary because I will never pick Saskatchewan. Never. I'm cognizant. I know. My, 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 my goal for Saskatchewan every year is to go 0-20, okay? Or 0-18 or whatever the crap it is. Anyways. Well, if you're 0 and 18, you don't get to make the playoffs, so you don't get those two extra games. Right, right, I got that. Um, now, <laughs> I thought I'd share. It has not been confirmed that Nick Arbuckle is playing. Okay. No. If 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 you guys remember Bo Levi's <laughs> shoulder problem two years ago, when it first got diagnosed. He did not practice the whole week, and then he started uh, the game at the end of the week, and they beat Hamilton 60-1, to okay? 
So, contrary to popular belief, well, Levi Mitchell is a pretty tough guy, and he's played through injuries before. <laughs> so, so I'm not going to ever pick Saskatchewan. Um, Calgary is hurting in other places. Uh, their main running back, and I can't even remember his name because it's such a common name, son of a bitch. Um, he's still under con- concussion protocol. Um Reskison is also under concussion protocol, which, by the way, and I was going to mention this to you guys, my buddy whose son tried out for the Stampeders this year and they sent him back to university, well, they called him back on Sunday. So he's going to be a professional football player for a little while anyways. So that's how, uh, that's how hurt the Stampeders are currently. And Hergie Mayala is out as well. So, um, you know, it looks pretty bad for Calgary. Uh, you also have the Charleston Hughes and Mika Johnson chomping at the bit to show John Huffnagel that he should have signed them and he shouldn't have traded Hughes. And uh, it's going to be – and then if Arbuckle is in there, these guys are just going to pin their ears back and go crazy. But despite all of that, I think Calgary's going to win. I really, truly believe Calgary's going to win. And I'm going to go with uh, Cody Fajardo is going to get beat up. And I'm going to go with Calgary 28, Saskatchewan 14. Double them up. Okay. Um. I I I'm sorry. I'm just I just cannot pick Calgary Stampeders to lose. Not to Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I just I can't do it. Um, and it's not because I don't like Saskatchewan, which is a known fact. They lost. But, uh, they lost to Saskatchewan three times last year. You know that, eh? I do. I do. I do. And I didn't pick them to to win. Any of those games, okay? I did not pick Saskatchewan to win any of those games, and I don't not picking Saskatchewan to win this game. And I'm going to say that this is going to be an interesting game, and it's going to be 24-22 for the Calgary Stampeders. That's my pick on this one, okay? And uh, yeah, so we've got all the scores, and uh, we've got Phil picking them all. He's got Saskatchewan 30, uh, Calgary 29. Close game. Wow. Okay. That's it. That's a wrap on all of the four games. Good luck to all the teams. And uh, games start what? Thursday night? Week four. Yeah, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Yep. Thursday night. Tomorrow night. Hamilton and Montreal, 4.30 Pacific time start. Friday night football with Winnipeg and Ottawa. Uh, BC has got another Saturday afternoon, 4 p.m. start. And I hate those because I'm still – working away and, 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 and working away and doing things. Um, so I'm going to miss part of that game again. So, oh, well, shit happens. And then the last game is Calgary and Saskatchewan, which is 7 p.m. on Saturday night. I'll probably be getting Okay, so what are we going to talk about now? 
I, I don't understand what Phil's bitching about me doing now. Anyhow. Uh, Bo Levi Mitchell had an MRI on Tuesday and is now seeking a second opinion. Do we think this is a severe injury, and how are the Stamps prospects going forward without him? Well, here's the deal. If Saskatchewan, if, if Bo Levi Mitchell needs a second opinion on his diagnosis, on his MRI reading, then that probably means that he didn't like what he was told. So if the MRI came back and said, yeah, it's a bruise, play football, would he go get a second opinion and say, you know what, I don't think I should play? Feels like shit. It hurts like hell. I'm not playing football. No way in hell. Uh uh-uh. uh. If that's the case, then he's a bigger pansy than I thought he was. Uh, but I don't think that's the case. I think that whoever says it is says that he's got a third degree tear of his pectoral muscle or something stupid, and uh, he's not going to be able to play football for the next six to eight weeks. And he's going, fuck that. I want to go talk to somebody else. So he's off talking to somebody else and find out what the answer, what they're going to tell him. And, uh, you know, it's just, that's just the way it is. But Bo's not going to play. He's not capable of playing. Probably shouldn't play. So it's going to be Nick Arbuckle's team to going forward from this point on. Uh, second opinion. If you need a second opinion, you didn't like what you heard. If you like what you heard, you'd go, yes, awesome. Let's move on. Uh, I didn't like what I heard. Uh, let's go see if somebody else says the same thing. That's my take on this entire scenario. Charles, what do you got? I really can't disagree with what you're saying because as soon as I heard this morning that uh, he's looking for a second opinion, I said that's not a good sign because um, you don't go get a second opinion if things are working out in your favor, you go get a second opinion. If you don't like what the first opinion is, that's the whole point of getting the second opinion. Uh, something's telling me that this could be a serious injury that could keep him out uh, a while. It certainly seems that way. Um, it's obviously serious enough for them to send him down to Los Angeles to see a specialist, which is under, I understand. I believe he did today. So, I think we're not going to be seeing a lot of Bo Levi Mitchell, at least for the next few weeks. Uh, whether or not Arbuckle it can pick up the slack, he did last week, but it was very limited. He only played really about three or four minutes in the game. That's a whole lot different than playing uh, an entire 60-minute game. Uh, so we'll have to see. We'll have to see what if Arbuckle can – stand up to the rigors of being a starting quarterback, whether or not uh, he's up to the challenge. Uh, he, Like I said, he was good in relief last week, but now he's going to be the guy, at least for the, little, the next uh, little future here. So uh, this is what we're going to see, whether or not this guy is uh, uh, a guy that's going to be around in the league for a while. So this is his big – this is a big opportunity for him. If he shows well – uh, maybe Calgary doesn't because they've got Bo Levi for the next four years or so, but maybe somebody else comes calling and wants to give him a look. So uh, if he's playing, this is going to be very interesting to see how he reacts to this and um, if uh, he can help keep the 
um, if he can help keep the Stampeders afloat. Because I don't think Mitchell's around very long. For going to be around very much. Because I, I think he's fair. I think the injury's fairly serious. Okay. William, what do your sources and Calgary yes. say about this situation? Okay, let's 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 have a little history lesson here. Okay, two Uh-oh. years ago when Bo Levi, two years ago when Bo Levi. Levi hurt his shoulder uh, he went to Los Angeles and got a second opinion about that as well and he did not miss a game okay um, and he said today in an in a interview that this guy in LA is the top guy apparently in the world he works with Tom Brady he's worked with every major star in the NFL and all over the place professional basketball so he wants a second opinion. I mean, if if there's any way he can play, he's going to play. Okay, that's the kind of believe it or not, Christopher. That's the kind of player he is. Okay, I think but, he's missed. Uh, I, I agree. I'm not arguing. I'm not arguing at all about one that. One game. He's missed one game in five years or something like that. So, um, but and he doesn't let's get touched. It. Well, let's face it. He doesn't get touched. So. Yeah. If uh, he can throw the ball, what the fuck? Okay. But I don't know about a torn pectoral muscle. I don't know how that affects you. He looked like he was. Oh, hey, hang on, hang on. I, ju- I just pulled that, that comment out of my ass, okay? That's that's not. I do not know what his injury is. I don't know anything no, no, about it. I just. That's, that's, I, no, no. That's what they're saying it is. That's what they're saying oh, it is. Oh, is it? He really? Said, no. I mean, I looked said, it off. He said. He said a couple of days ago that it is not his shoulder, okay? Yeah. And and if you watch the game, where he was grabbing, it was not his shoulder, okay? It was his boob, okay? Let's face it. Okay. And, you know, and I mean, you know, to to throw with the velocity that some of these guys throw with, I guess those things are pretty important, okay? So I I... I got a feeling it's a long-term thing, and I don't know with a torn muscle if you can give a guy a shot before a game, and no. he'll be fine. No. So. I don't think so. Was so much. No. So yeah, he could be out for a while, and you know what? They have the same philosophy with every position in Calgary. Next man up. Okay. They they don't keep a second quarter string quarterback around who's not going to be effective. I've seen it. They don't keep him around. So we'll see. We'll see. And I mean, I hope for his sake it's not, but I'm pretty sure it is because he looked like he was in lots of pain. But you never know. Maybe certain physio, certain things. I mean, these guys have all kinds of tricks up their sleeves. So we'll see. We'll see. Okay. And like I said before, anybody, anybody in the CFL, with the exception of a couple of teams, if they lose their starting quarterback, because those couple of teams don't have a starting quarterback, if they lose their starting quarterback, they're going to be in a bit of trouble. Let's face it. Well, there's too many so. teams in the league that can lose their starting quarterback and be okay. 
the, no, the exception it, the exception might be like Ottawa or Toronto where their first string quarterbacks no fucking good. So the difference mm-hmm. between the first and second isn't that much. Right. Oh my god, the snowbirds, I mean, are they in Calgary right now? No, airplane flying over my house. Um, I said the snowbirds. But in reality They're airplanes, you know. In reality, it doesn't matter how good Nick Arbuckle is, they were never going to start him for the $700,000 man. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's that simple. And he is only a second string guy or a second year guy. So, as far as Calgary is concerned, they had cut him. They had cut him two years before last year. So. Yeah. And would we ever know who Nick Arbuckle is if Andrew Buckley had a re- hadn't have retired, right? Maybe not. No. So it'll be interesting. I because because you know in years past I could say, well, that's okay. The defense will just fucking shut them down. That's not happening this year. So nope. We'll see. Guys have to step up. It's that simple. And they had another loss in their defense this week, too. Yes, they did. And I I was going to mention one of the things about their defense. You know who is playing great on their defense? Is Corey Greenwood. He replaced Alex Singletary. The guy's 35 years old. He's playing like he's 25. Anyways. Okay. Well, that's that's it's a fair, that's fair, that's a fair assessment. Okay, yep. let's move on. McLeod Bethel Thompson, as Will puts it, the law office. That's a good nickname. I want. It, it, does anybody else say that, or did you just come up with that one on your own? That was a Jared Zanewich uh, saying. Okay. Well. There you go. Get credit to Jared. I like it. It's funny. If if, if, it's if funny people as hell. have good stuff, if people have good stuff, I use it. Okay, I'm I'm not proud. Yeah. The law office will start for the Argos this week with James Franklin out with an injury. Could this end up being a blessing in disguise for Toronto? No, they're playing the Lions. There's no blessings for them. Gonna happen. Okay, uh, I don't know. Do we think McLeod Bethel Thompson is a better quarterback than James Franklin? I don't know. Mark Tres- he might be. Mark Tressman did. Mark Tressman did. Yeah. Yeah, and look so, what that got him. Fired. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not particularly fond of <laughs> Bethel Thompson. Uh, being a, uh, what, 30, 31-year-old rookie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just not jumping up and down about this guy. I, I don't mind his play and everything else, but I think he's just he's missed the boat. And uh the answer either, but James Franklin injured is definitely not the answer. So we get the law office of uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson. And uh, it, it may be for a while. What was James Franklin's injury? Do you guys know? Uh, hamstring. It was a hamstring. Hamstring. 
I don't like those. They hurt. Yep. They're tricky. They're tricky too. I don't like those injuries. Yeah. That I, 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 that hurts. Okay. Um. Yeah. He's out. He's out for the foreseeable future. Okay. They put him on. The, they put him on the sixth game. I do believe. Oh. Yeah, yes, he did. Okay. Well, that's definitely uh, 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 gone for a bit. Okay. Charles. Uh. If I'm being honest, I don't particularly think that either James Franklin or McLeod Bethel Thompson are anything special. Um, I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I think he's an okay quarterback. Uh, But he doesn't strike me as the type of quarterback that's going to go out and put a team on his back and win, to be honest. I think... uh, He's a he's a guy that's uh, I think a game manager. He can can he have big games now and then? Sure, any quarterback can. But um, I don't know if they gain really anything going from uh, Franklin to McLeod Bethel Thompson. I think it's kind of a lateral move. I don't think. Um, let's face it. If McLeod Bethel Thompson was a significantly better quarterback than James Franklin then he would have been starting in the beginning of the season, not James Franklin. Um, so, I mean, he's an okay quarterback. I don't think he's any sort of blue chipper. And like you said, he's he's an old guy, older guy in his second season, 31 years old. Uh, so, while I don't think he hurts him, I don't think he makes him really any better. That's a valid point, and, and and the way that I feel, I I don't think that he's any better than James Franklin, and I'm not sure he could be any worse than James Franklin. So, is Toronto? It's it's their defense that's the issue. It's the defensive suspect. Yes, the offense can't stay on the field long enough and can't sustain a drive and, and can't s- score any points. But then neither can Edmonton with seven fucking field goals. So, uh, yeah. Okay, William. You know, I think I think one of the biggest problems last year was I really think Tressman wanted Bethel Thomas in there. And well, of course he did. And I think that was one of the biggest problems last year, as well as Deron Carter. And I think Tressman, they fired him, but he probably had enough anyways because <laughs> he's not the kind of guy to say anything when he leaves. But I, I, the difference, though, this year, because Bethel Thomas got into the last game and he didn't look that great. And I'm thinking, okay, you go from Mark Tressman as your OC and your head coach to Jacques Chapdelaine as your OC, Okay. There's a problem right there, I think. And so I don't think Bethel Thomas is going to make a difference. Just like James Franklin wasn't going to make a difference. And I, I, I they gave Franklin a whole season, and he didn't show anything. Remember? He was the next one, guys. He was the next Mike Riley. Okay? Edmonton didn't have a choice. They had to get rid of Mike Riley, or they had to get rid of James Franklin. And they got rid of James Franklin... And he's done nothing. Let's face it, he's done nothing. 
So I think uh, Toronto should start looking for a quarterback. Maybe Saturday night if Nick Arbuckle comes out and throws for 7,000 yards, Toronto's his first, their first phone call away. You never know. Right? Because they signed Bo for four years. So Arbuckle's not going to get a chance to start unless Bo is hurt. Yeah. But he's kind of proved that he's worthy. I don't think so either, but, you know, I can dare to dream, Charles. Yeah, of course. Okay. Well, I guess that kind of wraps that whole thing up on Toronto. And moving on, I'm kind of getting tired here. My head hurts. I got a bad headache all day today and a little stressed out, so... Uh, Brandon is living up to his nickname Speedy B, or is that Speddy B? Um, with his early season play, do you consider him the best wide receiver in the league? No. No, I don't. I don't consider him the best, um receiver in the league no no fucking way not totally sure who is I mean I think I would take uh, Brian Burnham over Speedy B anytime Greg Ellingson Ricky Collins yeah okay so be it wait a minute did you Devere, Ricky De- Collins Devere, Devere Posey there's all kinds of guys yeah, well, I just read the uh, top five. Brandon Banks, Greg Ellingson, Ricky Collins, uh, Kyran Moore, and Brian Burnham. Uh, and then Shaquille Evans, Braylon Addison, Kenny Stafford, Sean Ellington, or Thomas Ellington, and uh, B.J. Cunningham. That's the top ten. So... I don't know. Who's gonna... Yeah. No, he's he's up there, but he's one of a number of good wide receivers right now. <laughs> yeah, there really isn't at this point. I mean, it's still very early, but there isn't really one receiver or running back for that matter that's really stuck out as you know, a a breakaway leader right now. It's kind of uh, a bunch of guys all in a jumble. Yeah, well, they're all very, very, very close. Mm -hmm. I mean, the top four are only like 40 yards apart. Yeah. So, yeah, no. Okay. William, your thoughts on the Speedy B guy? I mean, I just don't like the asshole. Let's just face facts. You know Brandon what? Banks, and I, not and my, I'm, I'm not a and fan. I'm, and, I'm, and I'm with you as well. I don't like him either. I never have. I think he's a whiner and a bitch. And uh, I think he's a good wide receiver with a whole bunch of other guys. All right? And, yeah. and why he looks like he's leading the pack is because his team is 3-0. and And they've looked And, and he played Toronto and, and Montreal. Good. Right. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, sure. He's, uh, 
I, I'm thinking, and, and this will go for you, Christopher, because I know you like you don't like this guy. Why didn't Kent Austin ever use him as a wide receiver? Because he's been doing it for two years now, and he's pretty impressive. I mean, he's got he still has he still has demon speed, and if he catches that ball, he is gone. Okay. So. You have- do you believe you have to have mad concentration to be a wide receiver? I think you do. Yes. Yeah. Some. Right. Yeah, I mean, your routes you have to run are, are are a little bit complicated here. Okay. I don't think Brandon Banks could have been a wide receiver with Kent Austin. I honestly don't think he was mature enough to be a wide receiver, and. I think he needed way more experience in the game before he got to this place. Uh, he certainly needed some maturity to stop partying. I mean, yeah, shit. He, he got he got his drug bust. He got he got uh, suspended, or actually not suspended. He was kind of suspended by the team for missing uh, the beginning of training camp a few years back. All of the above, you know. He just was acting like a child. Yeah. And and he's I think he's matured a little bit and and he's matured yeah. a little bit into a better football player. Is he one of the best? Uh, he's probably <laughs> you, you you couldn't say who it was without looking at him. But as Will says, he's just a fucking bitch. You know. Well, I just, and, and I don't like him. And, and the the other thing is, and and he's never struck me as a overly intelligent human being. But yeah. I've 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 heard that in a lot of situations in in football, professional football, the super freak athletes they don't have to be that smart. Because you no. don't find them very often. And Brandon Banks, there's no doubt that he has speed. Okay? And speed is a is a equaling factor and it can scare you it can win games for you it's everything i'm sorry it is and he's got exceptional speed there's no doubt about it and he's the guy that uh the defensive backs they have trouble keeping up with because he can yeah, get to places really quickly but i just don't i just don't like him sorry Speed doesn't make mean that he's a talented receiver. I mean, he's getting dump passes and slant passes and and, and curls, and all. He's just not. I don't think he's a talented receiver. I just think he takes a short pass and turns it into something spectacular because he runs like a motherfucker. Well, he's yep. made some longer catches too. I mean, yeah, even blind mice find the cheese. Right? I'm sorry. And our buddy Phyllis loves him, so. Well, Phyllis loves anything to do with Hamilton Tiger Cats, anything, okay? I'm not going to disappoint about it. Anyone that's a Tiger Cats. Yeah. 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 Um, she's offended every time good. I bark about Brandon Banks, and I bark all the time about him because I'm just not impressed with him. I'm just not. No. To be fair, he think... hasn't made a lot of – sorry, just, just saying to no, be go fair, ahead. he hasn't made a lot of headlines for the wrong reasons – in the last little while, I know early in his career he seemed to be popping up in the headlines like every week or every other week, but 
Uh, you've been fairly uh, quiet for the last little bit, which is good. Not to say it can't happen again next week or tomorrow, but he's like you said, he's. I think he's maturing a little bit than what he was yeah. earlier in the season. So, and that's a possibility. Yeah. Earlier than like the last. Even last year, he you didn't hear much from him, and but the year before, you heard him flapping his lips. That's when he deleted all of you guys off his Twitter feed, I do believe. Yeah. So. Yeah, he did. So. That's because we caught him lying and held him to Correct. it. Correct. Yep. And if you can't, you know, can't. Stand the heat, stay out of the fire, so to speak, in my opinion. You know, you're going to be acting like an idiot. Don't don't be posting it on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Because it's just, people are going to call you on it. No. Yep. What did I just put this under? Shit. Shit. I did. How could I do that? Okay. Moving on from Brandon Banks because I, I you know I can't waste any more time. He, he's the type of guy, Johnny Manziel. You just you get tired of talking about him, but you just can't stop talking about him because he keeps making doing stupid things. And uh, like Will said, he hasn't done anything like that this year. And uh, good for him. Good for him. Maybe he's maturing. Maybe he's going to come into somebody come into his own and we're going to be fine and everything is just going to be hunky-dory. Is he going to win the receiving title this year? I don't think so. But, oh, you never know. My nipples just fell off. Shaking my head too much. Okay. Next up. You did go on this, didn't you, Charles? I did, yes. Okay, I just had to make sure. Mike Riley has spoken out about his battles with mental illness. Are stories like these important for people to hear coming from top-level athletes? I think stories like this are important to be coming from anybody that is top-level. I, I think it's important that, you know, you don't – mental illness is, is, is scary shit, man. We lost Robin Williams, one of the most brilliant comedians of all times. Uh, and honestly, there had to have been something the matter with him for him to pull up that funny shit that he did. But uh, let's not, no joking aside. Uh, yeah, I think it's important that top athletes come out. I think it's important that actors, top actors, and and celebrities, and and sports people, and musicians come out and and speak on any subject, whether it's alcohol addiction whether it's drug addiction, whether it's uh, any type of mental illness or, you know, anything like that. I, yeah, of course it's important. We we look up to different people for different reasons. And it's nice to know that, you know, these people, these gods that we put up aren't that. They're just regular, ordinary human people battling the same demons that we all are. And, uh, yeah, a good Good for uh, Mike Riley to be coming out and, and saying these things, and uh, I'm glad he's working his way through it. Okay. William, you don't suffer from mental illness, do you? You enjoy every minute of it. Uh, <laughs> I, sh- 
shouldn't joke about these things, but no, you should. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I am 99.999% confident that, that my father was either a manic depressive or an undiagnosed bipolar human being. And it is a, it is a really tough thing. Okay. And I, I, and like I've said, I think I've said this before, the most undiagnosed sickness in the world is mental illness. Okay. And there is a lot of it out there. And for a guy like Mike Riley to come out and say he had a problem and he or dealt with the problem. problem. There was, there was, a, there was another guy in Montreal a couple of years ago who came out and said that, and I can't remember who it was. I'm trying to think, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, a lot of celebrities don't admit these things and uh, I think they could probably help a lot of people if they did. So good on Mike Riley. I mean, I hope uh, he deals with it because there are many different ways to deal with it. And uh, yeah, I'm sure. And good on it. Good on him. Okay. I've always dealt with my mental illnesses by putting on a gainer costume. <laughs> now that the new ga- new gainer is out, I'm just loving this guy. Charles. Yes. Yeah. So I'm. Um, yeah. I think it's. A, I think it is important because you know, there's a, there's always been a stigma attached to mental illness that I think that we're finally starting to uh, somewhat uh, battle through and get rid of. And when you see guys who are people that are in the public eye, people that are, uh, you know, pro athletes, you realize that it's not just, um, you know, people that, uh, you know, who are down on their luck, people who are having struggles. I mean, you could be getting paid a lot of money and, um, that doesn't necessarily mean the difference. So you mentioned Robin Williams as a classic example there, and I'm glad Mike Riley came out and told this story because it, uh, if it encourages other people to talk about uh, issues that they're having, uh, all the better, to be honest. Yeah. Without question. I mean, it's a good thing. I mean, I said mental illness is not a good thing, but coming out and, and, and saying mm-hmm. what he did was – was definitely a good thing for for a lot of people, and hopefully that somebody out there that uh, feels the same way can relate to this and uh, receive the help that they need. Mm-hmm. Okay, are we going to wrap the show up early? Because I'm getting tired and we're running out of things to talk about. Clifford Stark and his brother Tony are the latest to withdraw their names from consideration for buying the Montreal Alouettes. How long do we expect the league to prop up the Owls without finding a new owner? Well, I really thought Tony was going to jump on board with this, but he just seems to be very... Uh, How long do we expect the league to prop up the Owls? That's a good one because, you know, how important are the Montreal Alouettes to the Canadian Football League? We all know that there's only a couple of teams in here that are ultimately 
important, and I don't want to be tooting anybody's horn here. But there has never been a team in the CFL that did not get itself into financial difficulties. Every team did. The latest one, and I'm going to use the latest one, uh, was, uh, or the last one, was the uh, Edmonton Eskimos. Extremely well organization for a lot of years. And then in 2010, was it? 2010, they ran into some difficulties. And they just, uh, they've been floundering ever since. Yeah, they won a great cup in the middle. But, yeah. So, what happens if the Montreal Alouettes fold? The talks of Halifax are over. I still think they're over, but that's beside the point. Um, So, yeah. uh, Would the CFL miss the Montreal Alouettes? I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. There's no real tradition. There's no um, longevity. There's no stadium going to sit empty. There's no... It'd be a shame, but I I actually kind of like the CFL with eight teams. Uh, We had those two back-to-back weeks where two teams were on a bye. And uh, and then so we never had a week one bye or a week 20 bye or a week 21 bye or anything like that. So I think then, you know, at the third, every third of the season, you would get two uh, a week off. I, I think that would be a great way of doing it again, going back to that. Winnipeg would be back in the East. I'm not sure how they feel about that. Uh, everybody says the Eastern teams suck, and Winnipeg would go out there and pretty much dominate. They might have a chance to win a Grey Cup then. They might have a chance to, well, at least get into a Grey Cup. That's correct. They haven't got into a Grey Cup since 2011, and that was only because they were in the East. Mm-hmm. But BC spanked them, if I recall correctly. Um, they yeah, they won by a point, I think it was, or three points or something. It was, it wasn't a, a spanking by any means, and I'm not going to stick my foot in my mouth. But uh, I think Montreal's important. I, I would hate to see him go. Uh, I like to see the Owls playing football, and uh, I'd like to see a tenth team, just not in Halifax. I'm going to let this one sit for a while. I'm really. I can't be strongly positioned on anything. Charles, what are your thoughts on the Alouettes? Uh, I don't want the Alouettes to fold. I I like having Montreal in the league. Uh, I think it just adds something there. Um, But uh, having said that, if for some reason the Alouettes did fold, uh, the, the league is going to be okay. How do I know this? Well, we've uh, had uh, a long stretch of um, playing without a team in Montreal. Of course, Montreal folded already once. Um, if you remember, they folded back in uh, twice, 1987. That's right, because technically they did, because the Montreal Alouettes folded oh, initially, I believe, in around 1982. That's when they brought in the Montreal Concord. Yep. 
And then they played, and then they changed the name back to the Alouettes in about 1985 or 86. And then in 87, Montreal folded again. So we've had long stretches of period without a team in Montreal. Um, it would be sad because, quite frankly, this has um, uh, been probably the Alouettes' most successful stretch with all the uh, the Grey Cups and the Grey Cup appearances in the early 2000s, back when they had guys like Anthony Calvillo and Mike Pringle. Um, but to be perfectly honest, Ben Cahoon's another one, yeah. And I like the fact that they have uh, that they had um, a team in Montreal. And quite frankly, I do want to see someone step up and buy that team so that the team will survive. But if for some reason it doesn't, uh, it would be sad, but not the end of the world. It would be um, the the league would survive. I think. I don't think it. I mean, personally, I think that if either the DC Lions folded or the Edmonton Toronto Argonauts folded, that's a different story because you've got, of course, Toronto, the biggest market in the country, and you've got Vancouver, BC, the biggest market in the West Coast. So I think they need those two teams to survive regardless. But um, as sad as it would be, if they folded, I think they could survive. But hopefully we won't be talking about this because my biggest hope is that somebody steps up, buys the team, and they stick around. I mean, CBC, when they were broadcasting the CFL, uh, they had came out and stated that if Toronto or Vancouver were to fold, that they would stop broadcasting the league. Mm-hmm. Okay? Plain and broadcasting it, the CFL would be over at that point in time for all intents and purposes. That's why BC was always the league. The league owned the BC Lions three times. Uh, the BC uh, Toronto Argonauts were owned twice, I believe, by the league. Uh, that's why David the Lions and why David Braley stepped up and bought the Argos. Uh, we also have now so I really don't have any fear of the Argos folding, regardless of how bad, awful, disgusting, and terrible they are. But I do have uh, – I don't think BC is going to have any problem. But that's why, like, teams like the Saskatchewan Rough Riders had to hold telethons because the league didn't step up to save them. That's why the Ottawa um, Rough Riders, the Ottawa – what was their other name? You keep calling it all. Renegade. Renegade. Not the Renegade. Was the Ottawa Renegades? Yeah, yeah the Ottawa yeah. Renegades. And then the Ottawa... Yeah, they all fold. They folded. Ottawa dropped the team twice. Montreal's dropped the team three times. Uh, and, and the league allowed it to happen. Why the league didn't allow it to happen this time, I don't know. Maybe they suspected that they had somebody in the wings and they just needed to prop this team up for a little while. Now, the question is going forward is if they don't find a purchaser in before the end of this season, will the Alouettes come back next year? Will we see a 2020 Montreal Alouettes team? That's the big one. They're here for the 2019. I think that the league is committed to that. But I don't know the rest. William. Yeah, I... I don't know. Maybe they're going to have a fine, a hard time finding an owner owning a CFL franchise. Do you make money or not? 
No, you that do not make money. Question. You're not there to make money. Okay. So then you need deep, 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 deep pockets. And it's got to be a passion. Well, sure it does. I don't know if there's a lot of those guys around with deep, deep, deep pockets who have a passion. Um, How long will the league run it? I don't want to see Montreal fold again. I mean, I, I think we have to prop up. I think we have to prop up the weak teams, to be honest with you. But, I mean, it's it's like everything else. I think it makes a difference when you have a winning product on the field. You didn't hear about Montreal having problems when they were winning. And they haven't that's won Montreal. for a long time. That's Montreal. Yes. Toronto, that's we Montreal. do. Yeah, Toronto was a great company. Was... Lose season tickets. Well, yeah, I get that, but Toronto people are more interested in the Leafs and the Raptors now, for sure. So once again, the CFL goes further on down the road, and 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 the Blue Jays. If Toronto, if Toronto keeps on losing, it could be a real big problem there. Okay, so I don't know. I don't know. They're not winning propositions, and 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 for a. For a businessman to take them over, I don't think they would once he delved into it and realized how much money he's not going to make and have to spend. So, it, it's got to be somebody, somebody like David Bradley, where this is this is not a a business venture for him. This is a, a hobby. This is a toy. Yeah. Okay. Same Absolutely. same thing with same thing with. Um, it, mind escapes me over in Hamilton. Bob, Bob, Bob Young. Bob, Bob Young. Bob Young, yes. Caretaker yes, Bob, Bob Young. Young, right? Th- th- this is a toy yep. for him. Okay? Yeah. And he likes to call himself the caretaker, right? Because he's just kind of taking care of things. He's not really he, – he's trying not to be an owner, right? He's just making them exist. And that's who you need. Now there are only so many billionaires in this in Canada, and uh, not many of them have a passion for the CFL. So we'll see what happens when we move forward and carry on. But I, I yep. don't want to see the Montreal Alouettes leave. No, no, I don't. I don't. I can see the scenarios of what would happen if they do, and I've stated some of those. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to see Winnipeg back in the East again, and I don't think Winnipeg wants to be back in the East again. Wouldn't it be just the shits for them if they, they finally get to be the top of the West and and then they have to leave? <laughs> oh, that would be so fitting. They would feast okay. on the East. East. Yeah, feast on the East. Exactly. Well, yep. every all Western teams are doing that. It's just that they would get more games with the East. Yep. Well, what would they? No, the schedule dumps back. It jumps back to eight teams. There's not so many three no, games. It would be balanced at that point. It would be more balanced. I, the, the ultimate balance is ten. The ultimate balance is ten teams where uh, each team, there's that means you have nine opponents, and you play each team twice. Team once twice. home and once home, right? Once away, yeah. Home, home and away. Yeah. And and that, that and that's the entire league. So you have nine opponents. That gives you 18 games in a season. 
and off you go. So we could go to eight teams and go to a 16-team season with four preseason games like the NFL does, but that's the NFL, and they're boring as hell. So we're not going to do that. Okay, so I got another shout-out to do here. We're going to do. Uh, we're going to say hi to Ronnie Miller. You know who Ronnie Miller is? That's Phil Miller's dad, and he's listening to us, tuned in live. Awesome. How you doing, brother? Hope everything is well. You're, you're, you're almost as old as we are. That's Phil and I. Charles is just a youngin'. Okay. I'm a so, child. If, he, if, child. if he's Phil's dad, if he's Phil's dad, he's older. Yeah, I know he's older, but you just got to be nice. Will, try just once. Try to be nice. You know, I know it's hard and this and everything else. You got to be nice. Just 1984. What was 1984? That was the last last time I was nice. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's been in my my calendar. It's longer than Charles has been alive, isn't it? Longer than Charles has been alive. No, it's not. I was born in 78. Oh. 78. Yeah, he's 40. He's going to be 41 this year. The baby's growing up. Were you the same as me, Christopher? Did you graduate in 1980? <laughs> I did. Yeah, I graduated in 1980, okay. which is Charles 1978. Was, Charles, was, Charles was two, okay? They, wow. The year Charles was born is the year I got my driver's license. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not well, talking well. gibberish. Okay, let's do some power rankings. We got some power rankings here. I've got them up. Where are they? Nissan Titan Power Rankings has the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in first place. Is anybody disputing that at this point in time? 2-0 record. They beat the BC Lions and they beat the Edmonton Eskimos. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, they, they, I mean, I, I put them in second place coming into the season only because I couldn't take Calgary out of there. Well, I have no problems taking Calgary out of there. Um, okay, so Winnipeg's uh, in first place. William, you didn't you didn't answer to that one. You good with that one? Um, how come Hamilton's not there? Oh, shut up! They're beating me. How come? Hold on, hold on. How come Ottawa's not there? Deep sigh. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I, I, I asked I, you. I, I didn't that, ask I you what. I wasn't that impressed with Winnipeg and how they played in their last game. So, but okay, if you want to leave Winnipeg in first in the power rankings, which I don't care about, go ahead. I'm good with that. Forget I even said anything. Well, who would you put in first place? Hamilton. You'd put Hamilton in first place because they're three and zero, and they beat up on Montreal and Toronto, and that's how they got wins. Well, who else did they beat up on? Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. So they beat the three well, bottom dwellers in the league. We're soon to be. Yeah, well, Saskatch- Saskatchewan is, uh, yeah, I guess, yeah. Okay, but so BC, Hamilton uh, hasn't played a tough opponent yet. They're playing Montreal again this week. So they're going to be 4-0. Yeah. and They're undefeated going into week five. and uh, But they haven't had a challenge. 
But on the other hand, sorry, Winnipeg has played BC, who is 0-3, and they've played Edmonton. Yeah? Okay. What's your point? What's your point? BC's 0-3. They're not a very good football team either. It's not that they're not a very good football team. They played the three best teams in the league, Edmonton, Winnipeg, and Calgary. Well, okay. Fine. Leave leave Winnipeg there, man. That's fine with me. That's how much I think of power rankings. I know you don't think about power rankings. Okay. Moving on. Edmonton Eskimos in number two. This is who the Nissan Titan power rankings has there. Charles, what do you think? You know what? I'd be inclined to put Hamilton there just on the stream fact that uh, they're undefeated and Edmonton has lost a game. I know that probably Edmonton has played the better competition, but say what you want, Hamilton's still undefeated. Yeah, but that's what the standings are for. Right. Okay. The standings are, 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 are wins and losses. Power rankings is how tough is this team at this point in time in the season moving forward. And you have to take into consideration who their opponents are, how their team is playing, how their you know, defense is playing, how everything is working, how the individual stars are looking. Uh, is Jeremiah Mazzoli actually like lighting things up in your opinion? Or no. is it okay? But is Trevor Harris? Trevor Not Harris is putting in it. No, he wasn't, but he has been putting in some decent games. Yes, he has. Yeah, I don't disagree. More so than I thought he would. I'm not going to defend these power rankings because I'm Quill. I mean, I can make up my own power rankings, and I did that two years ago until everybody else started doing their own power rankings, and then I thought, this is stupid. Um. Yeah. So be it. Mm-hmm. So we have Edmonton in second place. William, uh-huh. you want to put Hamilton there too, don't you? No, I'm good with that. You're do- you're good with Edmonton in second. Charles, sure. you want to you want to put Ed- uh, Hamilton up there? Is that your call? I would put Hamilton there. Just my opinion, but that's where I would put him. Okay. Number three, you would put who would you put in third then, Charles? You put is that where you put Edmonton? Third is where I would put Edmonton. Yes. Okay. And William, what would you do? You, I mean, these guys have got Hamilton, Hamilton there. Hamilton. You'd put Hamilton, Hamilton there. Hamilton. Okay. Yeah. Hamilton. Okay. I'm not going to argue with that. Calgary in fourth? Is that where you have your Stampeders next? Or or what about the Ottawa two and old Ottawa Red Blacks? They beat Calgary. They should be ahead they of them. They did. So you got you got the Red Blacks up in fourth then. Okay. Charles, I'm what's okay your thoughts there? I also have the Red Blacks in fourth. You have the Red Blacks in fourth, okay? Yes. And so do I. 
So do I. And then, but I do have the Stampeders in fifth, which I think both of you do, or should. I'm not going to try to force okay. my opinion on you, but I would put Calgary there next. Okay. And uh, okay, and uh, Charles, is that where you got you got next Calgary? Yeah, I'd put Calgary there. Okay, they've got the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in in sixth place here. Uh, Will, what, who you got in sixth? Anybody but Saskatchewan. <laughs> well, y- your choices are pretty simple at this point in time. Is it the BC Lions, the Montreal Alouettes, or the Toronto Argonauts? Um, I'm going to go BC. Well, I've definitely got BC up there in sixth place because I think they're a much better team than the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and Saskatchewan's only win was over Toronto. So, unless BC absolutely shits the bed this weekend and can't beat the Argos, um, yeah, I don't know. Who's Saskatchewan playing this week? Calgary. 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 Ooh, tough game, and I pick I pick Saskatchewan to win that one. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm picking uh, I'm picking the the Lions over top of the the Rough Riders. Charles, how about you? Uh, this one's a toss up for me, but I'm gonna put BC there. You gonna put BC there? So but this I think is a you homework pick for you. Interchangeable. Yeah, I think so. <sighs> but I would wow. have I have no problem with people that put it Saskatchewan there either, because they do yeah. have one win. It's that's what the standings are for. I know. Yeah. They got Cody Fajardo as their quarterback moving forward. <laughs> One of the ways I look at it is, is I ask myself, if these two teams were to play today, who would win? I'm sorry, I'm still picking BC to beat Saskatchewan. I'll pick Mike Riley over Cody Fajardo any day. Every day. Yep. Yeah, I agreed. Okay, now, here's the toughest part of it all. I think we all got Saskatchewan no, next. Saskatchewan, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm good with that. Saskatchewan is next. No problems. We're all in agreement with that. Who's worse, Montreal or Toronto? Halifax. Or who's the better team? <laughs> the Langley Rams. Uh, who's the better team? <laughs> the Calgary Dinos. The University Dinos. of Calgary Dinosaurs. Oh, without question, the Calgary Dinos are better. Um, so, no, seriously. On paper... Seriously, on paper, on paper, I'm going to say Montreal's the better team. Who's their quarterback? Is it still Vernon Adams? Yep. Antonio Pipkin is out, isn't he? Didn't he go on the sixth game? I don't know if he went on the sixth game, but he's out for a while. He's out for a while. And you're okay with Vernon Adams Jr. over top of uh, – the law office of McLeod Bethel Thompson? Yes, sir. Okay. Charles, who you got in who you got in seventh place? Eighth place. Forgot how many teams we had. Oh God. Seventh and eight or well Saskatchewan eight I'm putting seven. Eight yeah. and nine. Oh God. Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Um oh, Jesus. This is so hard to pick because they're both crap. Um, 
you know what? I'm going to put Montreal in eighth because they've been slightly more competitive and overall, and Toronto's ninth. Toronto just looks like a, a, bar, a barge on fire floating down a river. A, a barge on fire. Uh, well, you have to look at the way that, you know, i got a good friend of mine, Charles, who put it this way. He said if these two teams were to play each other, who would win? I still think Montreal would win. I think Montreal would win. Will, you, you've got the same me too. There? Me too. Nine six. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think that's a little generous. Yeah. I don't think they're going to score fifty points in the entire season. Never mind a game. Okay, so the, the power rankings there. I, I think we're pretty good with that. I, I, I'm not agreeing with all of them. In fact, I think they should flip the, the Riders and the Lions and uh, the Red Blacks and the Stamps. I mean, I was giving Calgary the benefit of the doubt just simply because of the Calgary Stampeders, but in the first three weeks, two games, uh, they haven't proved that they belong there, and now their fearful leader is uh, is is not taking the team onto the, the field. Or That's the assumption that we're at. We'll believe something different, but we'll see what happens. Uh-oh. What's happening now? That's just something I, just, I saw, and I thought it was funny. When you suck at football, you end up selling shoes. Is that Colin Kaepernick? The top guy's Colin Kaepernick. And, of course, the guy at the bottom is Al Bundy. They're very similar. They, if you look yep. at them, it's true. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm not jumping up and down about this one. Okay, okay what's funny. next, guys? We, it was funny. Okay, well, it wasn't funny. Okay, we have 15 minutes left in the show here. Where do you want to talk about? Let's go through the articles on Let's Talk. Facebook has really been been a real dog tonight. Have you noticed that? It's been a pain in the all, ass all day. All day. So here's a question for you that was posted by a new member, Reggie Jones, three minutes ago. Who's the fastest receiver in the CFL? Is it Lucky Whitehead or is it Brandon Banks? I was really impressed with Whitehead's play in the last game. 158 yards and two touchdowns. Hmm, good question. It's a good question, um, so come up with an hmm. answer. Uh, let's see. Jeez, Lucky Whitehead, first of all, I kind of hate uh, answering this because I know who asked this question, but whatever. I'll answer it anyways. Um, Lucky Whitehead, uh, he really showed his speed in the game last week. Um, he really turned on the Jets. Uh, Brandon Banks has always been seen as his fast guy, but I think, and I, hmm, this is a real tough one. I'm still going to say Brandon Banks because he still has the blazing speed um, that he's always had. 
But Lucky Whitehead is right there, 1A and 1B with them, I think. Uh, these guys, I'd love to see these guys race, because I don't know exactly how it would turn out. I, I think they, these guys have to have somebody chasing them for them to actually run real fast. I I always run faster when somebody's chasing me. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only time I run. That's true. Uh, so, um, yeah, I don't know. I, it, 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 it's a tough call. The problem with this is, is we've only got one game that we've seen Lucky Whitehead play, and we've seen three or four seasons of Brandon Banks and put up with his bullshit for the last four or five years. And just the fact that he has given us that bullshit all along, I, I can't pick him to be anything other than an asshole. William, who do you think's faster? Do you care? Devere Posey. Oh, I, you know what? I might he, not argue with that, you there. That's actually a great answer. <laughs> yeah, he's, I, I, he's got he's got, he's got speed, speed to burn, baby. Yes, yeah, yes you you does. are one hundred percent great there. I he was the one lion that they did not re-sign that I was disappointed with. I was too, actually. Yep. I, I was yeah. really, really disappointed that they didn't re-sign Devere Posey. And where did he go? Is he in Montreal or Toronto? He's in Toronto, isn't he? Ottawa, I think. Oh, no, no, no. I can't remember. No, it can't be. It, it's, it's one of the two useless teams. No, because he had a couple of good games. I thought. Let's this look year? this up. Yeah. Tavir Posey is he's with the Owls right now. Who is oh, completely okay. it's completely a waste of his talent. Kinda of, I feel bad for him like I feel bad for Stefan Logan. Yeah, but nobody will sign Stefan Logan. Montreal because was his only choice. Year back old then. Returner. Well yeah. he, he was that was Munster's <laughs> only choice back then and, and he's done quite well because they've never you never hear about them saying that he's going to get caught. No, no. Because he's fact, still if, a gamer. Yeah, if you look at, at at his stats, he's still one of the number one players in the league. And we're, we're not going to go for this season's stats for the simple fact that um, there's only a couple of games and and they were terrible. And I think he's only played in two. Mm-hmm. But uh, if we go to 2018 and uh, go look at the thing, oh, my God, look at that. Stefan Logan. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, hard to argue. Kick and punt off returns. He's a, he's a baller, and that's just the, that's all there is to say about it. Okay. Yeah, I don't care. Okay, and we're going down the list and see what else is happening. Oh, what about the Jared Lorenzen? <laughs> Former Kentucky quarterback died at the age of 38. Yes. Do you remember that him? That big, giant quarterback. Uh, yeah, he, he was, was like a 375 big... 375 pounds or something like that. Yeah, he was a big boy right from day one. And he used to just like live there in short yardage. You just run and just steamroll over the defense. Yeah, 
Well, he could do that. It's kind of like the fridge. Do you remember when the yep. they put the fridge in at running back? Yep. Hand on the ball and let him go. I don't. I don't even remember his name anymore. Mhm. NFL the fridge. William Perry. Yeah, refrigerator Perry. Right, William Perry. He played in the league for ten seasons. Yep. Pretty, pretty bloody amazing. Okay, Phil's going nuts here. Stefan Logan continuing to return for the Owls roster is a great example of how poorly things have been handled in Montreal. <laughs> that includes the last Good year's point. I don't. Know I have about a. That. I have a. I have an observation. Okay. Um, my observation is for the BC Lions. Okay, speaking of big players, <laughs> some games the only way I can tell the difference between Devon Claybrooks and Nick Lewis is the hat. Okay, yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. what happened to Nick Lewis, but man, he blew up. Maybe it's stress eating or something. I don't know. Well, Nick was always uh, a big boy. Yep. Well, I know that, but he's he's definitely growing leaps and bounds. Okay. He, he didn't get the nickname Thick Nick from nowhere, you know. Yep. No, that's true. But like I said, they flashed to him and Devon Claybrooks on the sidelines, and sometimes it's, they've actually called him Devon Claybrooks. Yes, on, I know. On, on one, uh, and I thought it was like. Is that the one? No, that's Nick Lewis. Holy smokes. That's so. Nick Lewis. You know. He's got his hat on straight. Yeah. It's okay, Nick. I'm not calling you fat. I'm calling you P-H-A-T fat, buddy. Okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, 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 sure. Oh, my goodness. This is fast as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> You know, this show is much better with Phil over there giving us no kidding. back and forth. He's been entertaining Ronnie, tonight. Ronnie, you did a good job racing this boy, okay? He's funny. We like him. He can stick around. Uh, yeah, so uh, do, 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 do. Where, what were we talking about before that? There was some some place I wanted to go with this. We were talking about William Perry, the fridge, and uh, Oh, we were talking about that quarterback, that... Um, Jared Lorenzen. Lorenzen. Yeah. Lorenzen. Yep. And that's it's kind of sad that that happened. But yeah. I think he died because he was like 400 pounds, right? You never see fat mm-hmm. old people. No, very rarely. It, nope. It's a fact. They, they, yep. you know. So I need to go on a diet. Yeah. I worked on that. I heard he just got. I heard he got bigger after he finished his playing because he obviously didn't go past, you know, college. But, but I heard he got even bigger. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, uh, um, most football players after they stop playing football get bigger. The only people who really it, that I've seen that get smaller are O linemen because they really have to work. That is correct. They're at, already and trying big. to keep their weight up. Like they have to work hard to stay big, so as soon as they mm-hmm. stop doing the football thing, they 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 lose a lot of weight. But they don't necessarily, you know, they 
they're not as strong, they're not as bulky, they're not as you know. Anyhow. Well, it's a it's a physics thing, right? When you play football, yeah. of course. So yes. physics, and it's, physics and it's really is hard. not wrong. It's really hard to walk around at 340 pounds in a normal bed and have a normal kind of life, okay? True. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially I'm if you're not that naturally trail. that big. I'm on that trail currently, so. So, I I got too big. I've lost 27 pounds in the last two months, so. That has a lot to do with being more active than I've been for three years. So, <laughs> so Jeremy O'Day is scrawny. Oh my good lord! I don't know what this game's coming to. This we're we're just we're just out of out of control here. Out of control. Richard Olson, businessman. No, we've done that. Uh, yeah, Franklin's out. Yep. Argo signed defensive back Kristen Butler. Who? So what do you guys really think about the new gainer? Is it worth talking about? It looks ridiculous. He's, he scares children, I'm telling it's you. creepy. He scares adults. <laughs> He's creepier than I, hell. I, I, I showed him to my bookkeeper today at work, and she's a big Saskatchewan fan, and she was completely freaked. Okay, so. It's a thing nightmare. Like I said, it's a thing nightmares are made of. The thing's creepy. Well, I love the comparison yeah. when the guy, whoever put him out as Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, put a, the, that the was funny. Freddy, Freddy Krueger costume on him. Oh, uh, yeah. I was just looking at that. That was Todd Bogey that put it out. Of course it was Todd. Mm-hmm. Who else would do that, Jared? <laughs> he might. Yes. Winnipeg when, when needs to get knocked down a notch or two just because their fans are getting a little obnoxious. This is my personal opinion, right? They're, they're starting to – I, I'm feeling the swag 2011 coming back to the fans of, of Winnipeg. You guys get that as well? Somewhat. Yes. But look how that turned out for them. Yeah, they they lost. They got a little cocky you and know they what? lost. I, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, man, because it's been 28 years. They haven't won in okay? yeah. Almost like, three decades. Come on. And the Jets haven't won the Stanley Cup like they were supposed to every year for the last three years. So, yeah. you know, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm not going to give him the benefit and of the doubt. I might cut him some slack. Well, no, no, but, yeah, cut him some slack because, Christopher, one thing you have never done is lived in Winnipeg, okay? There's a reason it's for not, that. Yeah, but it's not – you'd understand why they're like they are because they've lived in Winnipeg their whole lives, okay? I lived in Saskatchewan for a year and a half, and it was the longest decade of my life. Okay, i got to wrap the show Michigan. up here, guys. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk CFL podcast episode number 371. I've been your host, Christopher Jones, and uh, it's been a pleasure and an honor talking football to everybody here. And Phil, participating back on the sidelines, it was good to have you back here, buddy, and your dad, Ronnie, for uh, listening in. Uh, Say goodnight, Charles. 
Good night, folks. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this weekend's games. We'll talk to you on Sunday night. Definitely. Oh, and one last one last thing to any uh, listeners we have down in uh, the United States. Happy Fourth of July. Yes, very much so. Uh, we got to go fast, William. You can do this. Good night, everybody. Watch football this weekend. Go Owls! Go Owls! BC sucks. Had to do that for Mark. <laughs> <laughs>